So again, thank you for joining me. I am Carrie Little, blogger for smartgirlmedia.com and also the designated managing broker of Caramark Realty Group in the Western suburbs of Illinois, about an hour west of Chicago without traffic, right? So tell me, where where is everyone chiming in from? I am in Illinois. I'd like to be in a warmer climate. How about you? Where are we chiming in from? I know I got my California folks in the house. I know I've got my Illinois folks in the house. I've got my Caremark agents in the house. Um, could you get a copy? Ha, we, we, hmm, you don't, you really don't want my emails. You need your managing broker to give you this stuff, but I'm going to tell you what you need. So I'm going to give you a jump start today. Hillside, right? Grew up in Broadview. Well, you know, when you went to Proviso East, we called it the woods. So I grew up in the woods. Florida, you guys, how's the weather in Florida? We got a little bit of snow yesterday. We got a little bit of snow. So here we go. I have, I guess I should look at what my title was, right? You know, I was, I've been a little slow with getting the marketing out, but I did email. I sent an e-blast out. So everyone, so if you're not on my email, go to my, um, it's smartgirl underscore media. Go sign up to get all my tips because I do send out an email and I send out my Illinois schedule and I'm going to start going live again in Smart Girl Media Live and Real Estate Live to give you guys some short tips. All right, so five email templates you need to work smarter, show efficiency to your clients, right? And professionalism. So here we go. Get out your new agent journal and my... Let's see, where do I think you need to be? I think you need to be in the section for doing the business of your business, but I don't, it is running a business like a business. So around page 140, that's where you should be taking notes. So one day I'm gonna build a really nice journal like this, but there's a back order because I ordered a journal from another marketer and um, she was like, do you wanna cancel? I was like, nope, I'll wait. Even if I have to start in the middle of the year, I'll wait because it looked cute anyway. 70 degrees and sunny. Yeah, we envy you. So everyone, you know the drill. Do me a favor. Share this one. Share this with a realtor friend right now. Let's share this like crazy with a realtor friend. Let's see if we can get a few more realtors in the room right now. Maybe a few lenders in the room. Uh, yes, let's share this with our realtor friends. We got to get up to 100 one day, right? Okay, so while you're sharing, thanks again for joining me. We are going to talk about buyer email templates. I probably should go through everything you need over the course of the next few months. Look, you can be great at posting on social media. You could be great at creating graphics. You could be great at generating leads, but then you don't know what to do when you have a client. So here we go. The email, the first email that you need. Now this could go a few different ways. The first email you need is, okay, so the buyer contacts you. Now, I do know we're all from different states, and I'm going to tell you some shocking things in a moment, things you may not want to hear, but I do know we're all from different states, but emails are typically the same. I mean, you can, we, I could customize emails for any state because we need, you will have an, you need to send out something. Now, it could be a text. My CRM allows me to send out a text. So let's just go with, we're putting in a format to make the first contact. Now, here's, the, here's what I would say to you. So the first email is the initial 
email when the buyer contacts you. But let's say the buyer sends you a text. Let's say the buyer sends you an email or they connect with you on social media. And the scariest part is what if they actually call you? Some of you are like, oh, please don't let them call me because I don't know what to do. So the buyer contacts you and they say, I want to buy a house. You, you need to have a quick response. So what is that quick response going to be? So I'll give you some tips. It could be as simple as thank you for reaching out. I've included a short 30 second video, or it could be that you're thanking them for reaching out and you might send them your calendar so they can schedule an appointment. So that first email is a thank you for reaching out. Now, if they call you, and this is where all of us are gonna work differently. Once you get your systems in place, your standard of practice might always be the same. So let's say someone, let's say someone calls you and they call and say, hey, Carrie, I wanna buy a house. Okay, great. If you know you cannot talk to them, you need to know what you're going to say. Now we'll come back to the emails in a second. Someone calls, hey, Carrie, I wanna buy a house. And you happen to answer the phone because the phone number was from Washington, DC and you thought it was your mother, right? That would be me. And I can't really talk. You know what, thanks for calling me. I'm currently with a client right now, but I was expecting a call from whomever. Can you do me a favor? Can I text you my information and can you text me your information and then we'll schedule a time? You need to have a response because if you're someone that likes to answer the phone or you didn't know you shouldn't have answered the phone, you need to have a response. So you need to come up with that response. If you're taking notes, write down, I need a response when I cannot talk right then. Now, once someone has called you, texted you, or you had a brief conversation, you need a, an email that says, thank you for reaching out. I look forward to working with you in the home buying process. That's the first email. Now, if you, um, after that email and you schedule an appointment, now we could talk about how you should schedule that we could really get off topic with that. But let's say you know how you're gonna schedule. You schedule the appointment. Now here's two things you could have done in that original email. Now you gotta know your network or you gotta know who, who you're working with. But in that original email, thank you for reaching out. Here is a quick buyer consultation um, that I'd like you to complete. So you could create in that original email, a Google doc that asks all the questions. Now feel free, go to my bio, click on my link and go look at mine. If you fill it out because you're trying to figure out how it works, please put in there that you're a real estate agent next to your name because I'm gonna contact you because I'm assuming that you wanna buy a house. And that's when agents are like, oh, Carrie, I was just testing your stuff. Warn me and I won't bother you. But go fig so go figure out what you need to know. Old school. If you're an agent, first of all, if you're an agent in my office and if you haven't asked for the form, send me an email and I'll send you back the form. But you got to make a copy. Old school, Carrie, has a, a sheet of paper and I open it up and show you, but it's an old school sheet of paper that asks all the qualifying questions. So now let's say you know your clientele and you know they're not going to fill out this form. You're going to make the phone call because you set an appointment so you can ask all of the qualifying questions either in your Google survey or on a sheet of paper. You're going to know how you work. I can actually do this off the cuff, but you need a place to put it. The third option would be that you open up your CRM and you start filling out their information and you put everything they want in the CRM, right? 
So beyond the email templates, you need to know what you're going to do next. So number one, you have your original email, however they contacted you. Thank you so much. Um, before we have our conversation, please fill out this form. But you know, if they're not going to do it that way, you're going to say, let's schedule a time and you're going to talk to them about it. After you talk to the client, so we've really only done one email, could have been two, because you could separate that email into two different emails. And by the way, I'm building out your drip campaign in Lion Desk. I'm, I'm telling you what it is. Now, the next one is, so the second one is kind of like a fact-finding mission. So that could have been in email or it could have been over the phone. The, the third one is the thank you email. Now, here's where you need to write this down. And all of our states are different. So if you're in Illinois, you're going to get the exact format. If you're not in Illinois, you need to write in what you need. So that third email is, thank you again. I look forward to reaching out to you. I, I look forward to working with you to help you in the home ownership process, right? This is the email. Now, I'm not giving you the language. You need to figure out what that language is, but here's what needs to be in that email. And by the way, you know you don't read email. Don't think your clients are either. E they're reading your e emails either. So two or three sentences or less, and th then say, in this email, you will find Number one, in Illinois, the Consumer's Guide to Agency, because we're required by law to give it the moment we start working with a client. In Illinois, the second document, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth, whatever order you want, you're going to add the radon brochure, you're going to add the lead-based paint brochure, you're going to add the fair housing brochure, you're going to add the residential disclosure brochure. That's about five documents, because we are required to explain agency. Now, in that fact, um, after this email, and, and when you did the fact-finding, you may do a one-step and talk about the steps of homeownership. So we could go back to that. But let's just say, now that you've sent this email, you're going to send a, another email, fourth email. And this is assuming people don't want to talk to you, right? You might still send the email. Oh, and by the way, when you send that email, that third email with all of the documents that you're required to provide by law, this is where you might have a 60 second, two minute video explaining uh, agency. Because not only are we um, required to give the agency document, and notice I didn't say exclusive agency yet, we are required to explain what agency means. So that could be a two minute video in that original, um, that number three email. And, and if you don't know this, you can create a video, upload it to YouTube, turn your phone um, horizontal view, and then in that, um, then you can redirect people to YouTube. So you can explain agency and then you can talk about what, you could talk about why they, oh, you could also add, have a home inspection. That's another document that you can add. My tip would be, once you send it, you might say, watch for an email from DocuSigner.loop because maybe you already explained exclusive agency. So because if you're gonna go with exclusive agency, they have to sign. Okay, now your fourth email, the steps of home ownership. Um, oh, and by the way, in this second email, the fact, fact finding, um, you need to ask the consumer how they like to be communicated with. Because I'm going to tell you right now, email is my preferred method. Email is my preferred method. I have a bunch of text messages right now, but if you email me, you'll get responded to faster. Number one, I can't see half this stuff. <laughs> so that's my preferred method. But if my client says Facebook, Instagram, or um, uh, Marco Polo, 
or email or text, I'm going to adjust a little bit. So you need to find out their preferred method. Let me give you an example. I had someone reach out to me. Hey, Carrie, my fiance wants to buy a house, girlfriend, whoever. And I said, okay, great. Um, she reached out to me the next morning and my, we were chatting via text um, or Facebook messenger. And I said, how would you like to communicate? I have availability today. And she said, I don't, I am a, I'm just going to give her a title. Her role was, um, she didn't have time. She was on zoom meetings all day, like a principal of a school. So she got my steps to home ownership in video. And then the steps of home ownership, I then sent her the video via email. And I said, now we need to start the process. So I connected her with a loan officer via email because her communication was she didn't have time to talk. She did not have time to talk. So make sure you know that. Um, so again, that number four is your first steps email. And it could be as simple as going to cloud CMA and adding an attachment or a video. I like the video because I can explain the steps. Now, once you, after that fourth email, you might have another consultation with the client, but we need to get them connected with the loan officer, assuming they're getting a mortgage. Then um, that next email, once approved. So now you get an email from the loan officer, they're fully underwritten or they're approved. Now you have another email. Now I'm giving you email template ideas, but it doesn't mean you're not going to talk to the client. So don't confuse this with you still have to have a relationship. These are just ways to show professionalism. So that next email, they've been approved. Now this email should include how you work when it comes to showing houses. You may have talked about it in the home buying process, but you need to have once approved and how you show homes and how that works. You could create a video. You might even say, now I'd like to have a conversation with you. When are you available today at 9 a.m.? or today at three or tomorrow at 2 p.m. Like you still need to have a conversation because the consumer thinks they're the only person looking at homes and you're sitting at home all day, drinking coffee and watching what's on TV, um, what's soap opera? Um, I don't even know, uh, General Hospital. You're, people think we don't work all day. So you need to explain to them how it works. And you might even need to explain, I need 48 hours to schedule appointments. People think that they can just get into houses right away. So you can explain that process. Okay, now that's the, the fifth email. Another email might include you working with your loan officer, sending documents to help them calculate their payment. It could be sending information to figure out the tax um, rate. Like we have a property now that is not does not have a homeowner's exemption. You might give them other tips on how to work with the home buying process. You might even... Um, work with the loan officer to send some of these emails. So that's your uh, number five or number six. Now, and we haven't even talked about what it's like when you're showing houses, but now all of a sudden your client has, um, they're ready to write an offer. You write the offer. I will tell you, you may have had another email that says, or even in your approved and what this will look like, Here's another email. I'll call it the bonus email. Write this down. I need to write it down so I write it for my agents. We're going to call it the um, um, when you find a house email. And so I'm saying this because this is what we forget to do as real estate agents. When you find a house, I don't care if you found it on Zillow, Realtor.com, Trulia, any website, Caremark, HomeSnap. Um, I don't care if you drove by and saw for sale by owner sign. I don't care if you drove by a new construction site. 
this is not only an email, it is also a conversation. It could be a text and a video. Here's what we forget to do as agents. We forget to tell the consumer what they're allowed to do. Number one, they are allowed to write an offer on the first house they see. Hmm. It's okay to write an offer on the first house you see. It's really okay. Because the house you see today, someone else looked at yesterday or looked at five minutes before you and they're already writing a contract in the car. So if you love it and like it, it's okay to write an offer on the first house you see. And this is in no specific order. You'll figure out the order. You also need to say, if you find a property online, I am your exclusive agent. That means I exclusively, rep I exclusively represent you and your needs. So if you find a house, I have access to all properties. I don't care if it's not listed. I have access because the consumer thinks, even my new agents think, I have a pocket full of listings somewhere. Now there are some, you know, private sites. We know there are some Facebook groups, you know, the pocket listings that you might not see anywhere else. Our MLS requires you to put those listings in the private listing network. And this is where some of you need to go back and click on your MLS. I wonder if I could do it now. Click on your MLS and then go to all residential properties. I'm doing it now so I can tell you. And then when you're in all residential properties, not under contract, you can say to the consumer, I'm gonna tell you, right now we have, it's spinning because there's, there's quite a few. Oh, let me say it like this. Our market has over 45,000 realtor members in our MLS. That means I have access to every property that's on the market. So if you see something, I have access to 38,511 active properties that are not under contract. You need to be able to say that my husband always thought every agent had their own properties and we had our own. That's why your buyers will call another agent to see a house because they think you're not telling them everything and tell your clients. And this could be a part of another email in the same email. Number one, if you find it somewhere else, call me, text me, email me. How are you communicate? Number two, if you drive by a for sale by owner, do not knock on the door because I need to make sure that you're exclusively represented and your needs are met. It is my job to protect you, right? Same thing with new construction. If your clients want to go see new construction this weekend, give them a stack of your business cards. And every time they walk in, they are not allowed to fill anything out, period. Your hands don't work. You cannot write, no. Or make sure you have gone to all of those new construction sites ahead of them. So that's a part of the email. Everything you can do to exclusively represent them. And if they see a for sale by owner, you have access to the tax records. You can do, you can do research. Because if you didn't educate the buyer ahead of time, they are shopping with someone else. Explain what exclusive agency really means. And tell them how many members you have in your MLS. Tell them how many properties that are, for, are currently for sale. We have 54,952 properties that are actively on the market, either for sale or under contract. And if I added pending, we go from 54 to 59. So please make sure, you might even put that in that email. I have access to all of these properties and I have access to tax records and I have access to history and I have access to what their mortgage might be. Like you need to explain that in these emails because we don't. Ty, you can't forget me. Okay, so now that's your, that, that again, there's no specific order, although I am coming up with, with a specific order. If you hang out, 
I will give you a list in my um, email, uh, in my uh, Instagram account. And I'll tell you, if you go to my Instagram account um, today, let's see, and you click on my link tree later, under my link tree, I have a section that says, carries uh, Realtor tools and tip sheets, it takes you to my other link tree. So I will create a download that gives you all of these ideas for email templates you need. This is what I learned in my course today. You will not create your standards of practice overnight, but you need to schedule time to build these out. So go back and look at your emails and look at the emails that you sent. Okay, so now you've written a contract and, um, and this could be another email. When you receive the contract, we um, please call me and we can go over the contract. But once you've signed the contract, here's the next email. The email can be titled, you're under contract, next steps. So you're under contract, you could include, you could call it congratulations, you're on your way. You could say, now what? And you can bullet point what's next. Now I didn't, there's a whole nother set of emails that you're gonna send to the listing agent when you write an offer. That's for a different day. We're only working with our buyer. So you're under contract, now what? In Illinois, here's, here's the, the hard thing I'm gonna say to all of you, write this down. Write this down. Carrie said to go back and read the contract. Seriously, in Illinois, I need all of you to go read the 7.0 contract. In addition to that, you might wanna look at contingency dates because in this email, you are going to include to the buyer. You're gonna include the contingency dates. You're going to include um, when they have to have the inspection. You're going to um, remind them. And you, you may already have sent an email with three inspection companies and three attorneys knowing you know which one they want them to pick, right? Um, because they're, it's gonna be on the offer. You're gonna remind them of who their attorney is. And you're going to send an email to the buyer, the attorney and the loan officer, and maybe even the inspector connecting them. So that's a whole different email. But in your, your under contract, what are the next steps? And here's what that has nothing to do with an email template. And I know none of you do it. Trust me. You're going to take 15 minutes and put all of those contingencies in your CRM so you can receive a text to remind you that there's a contingency coming due. So you then are now the hero. You could pre-schedule these emails to go out to your clients and say, I just want to remind you that today's the day that your loan commitment is due. Don't stress out, I've already reached out to the loan officer on your behalf, because now you, you show that you're the professional. When we get on Instagram, folks make us think, and listen, I watch and I am always amazed at how awesome these real estate agents look. Look at me today, hair is big. I have a filter on on Instagram, so it looks like I have on some kind of makeup. I mean, this is real life real estate. We do not look fabulous every day. We're, some of us are paying for professional photo shoots and we haven't even generated a lead, lead yet. Right, all right, so your next steps. And then you're gonna build, and, and next steps, again, could be a whole nother set of emails, but you're going to go add these contingencies. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you, you know what, clear to close with Pam? Yes, they could all be videos, but you have to know your consumers. If the videos are longer than two minutes, you're gonna lose them. But here, oh, let me give you a tip. Pam made a good point. Go create a YouTube channel and a playlist for the steps of home ownership. And it could be all these emails. 
So not now that you're under contract, this is what's going to happen. So then you already have them built out. Don't build them when you need them or build them when you need them and then use them for the next client. Okay. So now you have your follow-up emails and I'm kind of on number seven, but there were a few ABCs in there. So in your, so your follow-up emails are going to include after the inspection, the, now that you had the inspection, take a moment and look at the inspection and write. And remember, I told you, you need to read the contract because our contract says that cosmetic items, your, your, the seller could get out of the contract. So it doesn't mean that you shouldn't ask, but you, your clients need to know what could happen. So write down your wish list. Then, depending on your market, you're going to talk to the real estate agent and or the attorney and or the attorney. You're going to talk it through. And it really, if your clients already picked the attorney, I'm working with my client because I don't know how your attorney works. I need to make sure you understand what's in the contract, even though I'm not an attorney, but I also need to understand like, what is a deal breaker for you? Oh, the furnace doesn't work. The roof is leaking and the hot water tank. Yeah, that could be a problem. So we need to know what those deal breakers are. I like that. Yes, I have a, a checklist for buyers. They love to know what's coming next. Right. And if you, if you give them the checklist, some people like paper, and if you create a um, a text that's automatically going to happen to the client or an email that's going to happen to the client, you become the person that is brokering the transaction. That's what this means. So you're going to have um, an after attorney review email. Congratulations, you've made it through attorney review. Here's what you should be thinking about. And then here's one, and I don't know how fun you can make it, um, the don't go shopping while you're, um, don't let anyone pull your credit while we're in the process of buying a home. Some people just know this and you could just say, when you get my emails, I send these to everyone. I have a really funny email and you might even stage one and then say, um, have someone call you like my husband. Like I actually, I literally had a client call me one day and say, hey, Carrie, I, I called the client. Hey, let's have a conversation. She, I'm like, so I said, are you busy? She was like, oh no, I'm at the car dealership. I was like, what? I'm like, who's buying a car? And she paused. I said, do not. Do not, we're closing in seven days. Let anyone pull your credit and do not buy a car. I, I'm gonna really need you to leave. Where are you? I'll come pick you up. Because the consumer doesn't think it'll impact their credit. And remember, the rules changed after COVID. They're doing, um, lenders are doing background, I'm not background checks. They're doing credit checks a few days before closing. And if you have something new on your credit, you're screwed. So the 10 commandments of buying a house, one of them is, don't let don't you can go window shopping but know yourself if you're going to window shop and buy something new i'm going to need you to let give somebody your credit cards um and then you're going to have your clear to close um follow-up email and then you're going to have your final walkthrough email and now what i didn't so now you have your follow-up email there are emails i don't even have in this list i have a, a, an entire word document of all the emails that i'm building out for the agents in my office but one of those emails is, so you, after your, um, the final walkthrough, you're going to have a congratulations after you close email. And, and there might be, that, then you have to move this person to your monthly drip campaign, but you, you might schedule the closing document email that's going to hit around the 5th or the 6th of January for your client's taxes. So I don't know if any of you did that this year, you still have time. Go pull all of the closing documents and either mail it or email it to your client because they need it for their taxes. So kind of cool. 
Yes, this will be saved. You can watch the replay in IGTV. I can testify to what she is saying right now. Clients do not purchase anything till after closing. Thank you, Linda. Because we all look, we want to go buy furniture, we want to update everything. No, you listen. When I bought my first house, I didn't know I could close until they handed me the keys. Tell everyone that you don't know you can close until they give you the keys. Unless, and, and I mean keys and you're walking out the building, right? Checks have been cut. You got your documents in a big folder, like seriously. And in that um, email that after you close email, you might add them to your dot loop. You might add them to DocuSign Rooms and remind them that they always have um, access to their documents. There are so many ways you could build this out. So I'm going to give you the simple. I'm going to run down that list again. Thank you. It's, it's looking a little crazy today. It's growing as it dries. Um, okay. So first email, the buyer contacts you email. So you need to send an email out thanking them for contacting you. Then you need to have the, um, in that email, you could also have a Google survey so you can get all their um, information. Um, then you have your, um, the thank you email with agency. In Illinois, we have agency lead-based paint brochures, fair housing brochures. We have, uh, so it's lead, radon, fair housing. You can have the residential disclosure. You might even have information about the inspection, things you need to do. That can be in the email. Then uh, the fourth email is your, um, the steps of home ownership. And you could put that in a video. Then you have, now that you're approved email and how you work. And don't forget in all of this, that first email might ask the question, how would you like to communicate? Then um, the next one, number six, you're under you've gone under contract, the next steps. And then the next steps could include, um, and these are all in follow-up. Um, oh, by the way, in that under contract email, you're going to add all of the contact information for the loan officer, the attorney. You're going to, um, if they haven't picked one, you're going to add the inspection information and you're going to add all of the contingency dates and my recommendation is add it to your CRM so it drips to the client via text and or email. Um, you have your in all of those follow-up emails after the inspection the attorney review this is your number seven um, the don't go shopping email the 10 things you shouldn't do when you um, go under contract don't shop a bunch of lenders right you, then you're clear to close and then your final walkthrough, and then the after closing email. And then number eight, um, it could simply be that you're gonna set up, you're gonna move your clients to your email marketing. Oh, I'm gonna add another email to this. Um, and then you're going to set up an email to automatically hit in January so they get the, their closing documents. I forgot the lead generation email. Remember, People that are buying a house think they're the only ones buying a house and they want everyone to buy a house with them. So you need to create an email, the bonus email, asking them who they know that could that might be thinking about buying a house in the next few months. And then give them a, you can give them a Google form or you can simply just have them send a bullet pointed list of who those people are. And then tell them you're gonna be reaching out to their clients. You don't know unless you call or you send a text. And you might even create an email that can go out to those people. Everyone wants to buy a house or everyone thinks everyone wants to buy a house. And I'll tell you, 
I was not licensed. I was working for the builder. And when I bought that, my property with the builder, I was telling everybody at church, I'm telling you, I sold three or four of those townhouses and I, I got like a $1,500 bonus. That was it. Cause there's a cap on giving referral money to someone that's not licensed. Had I known probably would have been licensed in 97. I, um, I do, I, I have, I will have templates for the agents in my office. We'll see. I might add it to my, um, online platform. Um, so you can download. Oh, forgot about that one. Great one. The review email, you need a, an email that asks them for a testimony. So either a testimony or how did you do now? Let me say this. When you ask for that review, sometimes you just need to grit your teeth and own it. Cause they're going to, someone's going to tell you something they don't like. So I had agents like to call me and they're like, Carrie, I'm frustrated with this other real estate agent. And then I'll call another um, broker owner. How do I handle this? And they're like, well, Carrie, tell that agent that's frustrated with the other agent after it closes to call that agent and say, how could I have done that better? So there's some other things you could do. So good tip. You're going to tell your clients, you're going to send them an email asking them for a testimony. That's one. And then you're going to all in that you could say, is there anything you would have liked that I had done during the process? You don't have to ask for the negative feedback, ask them for what, how they can help you help other clients and let them be honest and thank them. Maybe send a thank you note in the mail, maybe send them a, a gift card to Amazon fresh. I just saw one. Like, what could you do to, um, to make sure you get the testimonies that you can post on social media because everyone needs to know. And what can you do to improve? People are, listen, my agents are all the time, they're like, Carrie, can you do this? Or Carrie, could we do it better? Like, it's a, it's a lot, but just if, and if you're frustrated, this is what um, a pastor said once, it was a guest speaker. When someone tells you something you don't wanna hear, take it like a book, put it on the shelf and deal with it later if you weren't ready to hear it but you may have needed to hear it. So love that. Do you suggest recommendations versus reviews? Um, I would say that's like asking for a referral. I would ask for the testimony because you need it for, you, you need it for Zillow. Oh, that's the other email you're gonna wanna send. Zillow, when someone gives you a review on Zillow, the agents that sit at the top of Zillow are the agents that get Zillow reviews. So you need the reviews, you need the reviews. Recommendations. That's like asking for the referral. So I don't have, I wouldn't say do one over the other. I would say do both. That's a good question. Hey, Jeff. So I would do both. Okay, that's good to know, Ty. Let's see. You guys know I can't see this. Now I will tell you, um, I don't know. It's, it's, I think I'm going to say, um, Eswan the Realtor. This is why I really wish you guys would use your names. Um, I would I use MailChimp for email marketing, but I use a CRM to send the email. So I would recommend that you consider a CRM because then once you build out those emails, you can track um, if they've opened them. You um, and you can actually track your tasks. You can track conversations. So I would recommend a CRM in addition to MailChimp. Oh, we met on Clubhouse. Hey. <laughs> um, okay, let's see.
you guys really want to go live with me and ask me questions. Um, Contactually is a good one. Yes, we use LionDesk. Um, there's a few out there that you can use. I, I use HubSpot for, um, for my uh, training business. Like there's so many out there. Test them and figure out the best one for you. Remember, they always say the best CRM is the one you're actually going to click on and use. So do I have any questions? Any questions? And while you're thinking of your questions, for those of you that are listening to the podcast later, follow me on Instagram, Carrie Joe Little. And if you have any questions, you can check out my blog at smartgirlmedia.com.